As a strong, independent mother, there is nothing that will get in the way of your child's safety. Soberlink understands the importance of peace of mind when it comes to co-parenting after a divorce. Using the highest quality technology and with features like facial recognition and real-time results, moms like you are empowered with proof that your child is safe. Navigating life post-divorce can be difficult, and having a tool like Soberlink allows for one less thing to stress about. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create this resource, Tips for Single Moms Returning to Work. To access the guide and get $50 off your Soberlink device, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash M-M-O. This week on Moms Moving On. I would say my ex and I are in business together and our business is raising kids. And it's, it's almost like we're business partners. Yeah, it's almost like we're business partners. And it's like, okay, well, you gotta you gotta do this this month and you gotta budget, you know, and you gotta like talk it out as if it's your business partner. And, you know, there's a connection there. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back, everybody, to another Moms Moving On. I have good friend Chris Illuminati on with me today, and you probably follow him already. I don't know. He is Message with a Bottle on Instagram. He's hilarious. He's also an author, podcast host, runner, and father, a co-parenting father at that. Chris, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, Michelle, how are you? It's, it's weird. The roles are reversed now. Now you're interviewing me. The tables are turned. They are. I'm kind of Well, <laughs> we've obviously been in contact on the gram for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. And you're just, I mean, you have such a like fun and light perspective on all things parenting. So I'm excited to talk to you a little bit about your co-parenting life, if you don't mind us getting into that. I would love to. Why don't you give us like the Chris elevator pitch? Okay. The Chris elevator pitch. So uh, got married in 2008. Uh, we had our two kids. Uh, Lila was, well, Evan was born in 2010. Lila was born in 2013. Uh, we were married until 2017, split up, divorced in 2019. So we've been divorced since uh, that, like about three years now. That's my elevator pitch of my married life. My writing life would take way too long. We would be on the elevator for literally the entire, it would be a skyscraper in the world's oldest elevator. Okay. So, I mean, if you can give us the highlights, you are okay. a published author. Yes, I am. Uh, I started uh, writing... I started like around 2007, 2006, 2007. I started with a small little website. I publisher found me. They were looking to, they had a book. Uh, the book was uh, roughly about how to be an asshole. And they uh, had two authors. The two authors turned in the book, weren't crazy about the manuscript. They wanted someone to ghostwrite the book. I ended up doing so much of the book. I completely rewrote it that they put my name on the cover. You were the asshole. Is, Good for you. I was, it's a true asshole thing to do that you take two other guys' books. And, uh, so that <laughs> that led yeah, that led to like uh, five, four or five other books. Well, five other books. I don't. It's hard to count. One of them is ghostwritten, and uh, it's under a pen name. So I try. I tend to forget it. I was, it was a clean joke book, and I they it was all the same publisher. 
And they came to me, they're like, do you want to write a clean joke book? I was like, sure. And they said, here's the problem. We can't have two titles from you about how to be an a-hole and then a clean joke book. Like it just doesn't work. So come up with a pen name. So I used my son's name instead. Uh-huh. Not the last name, but I used like Evan Thomas. Uh-huh. And so my book is out there. So sometimes when I count books, I'm like, wait, how many did I do? Oh, right. The one that I don't, the one that I put my names on. My son's proud of his name being on the book. I'm like, you didn't really write it, dude. <laughs> but like, what oh. a cool legacy for him. Wait a second. I have, to, speaking of last names, Illuminati. Mm-hmm. I mean, do people always ask you if it's real? All, all the time. Because it's a all really great stage name. All the time. It is. Uh, the, the newest one. So I flew in October, early October. This is the first time this ever happened. The TSA agent was like this. He was like looking at my thing and he was like. like are you Jay-Z? Me. Are you and part like, of Rockefeller Records? Yeah. He's like, are you, is that legit? I was like, yeah. He's like, that's a cool name. And it's so funny because my kids, my kids get to live with quote unquote, the cool name forever because when I was a kid no one ever asked me or gave a crap right like no one asked about my name until I want to say like college early college mid-college like all through grade school and high school like no one really said they thought it was a cool name but no one really you know because you couldn't just pull up on the internet and figure things out and be like what is the Illuminati like if you heard it in a rap song you just assumed it was something and then you didn't really do the due diligence of figuring out what it is but then yeah. once people could figure out what it was then people were like, oh, and then Tomb Raider came out and then people started caring about my name. So my kids have lived with people always caring about their name. Whereas before, when I was a kid, no one really gave a crap. It's really cool. I mean, I am not part of the cool last name club, so mm-hmm. I'm a little jealous. My best friend growing up, her last name was Diamond. I'm like, that's not fair. Like you just <laughs> get like a classically cool last name. Anyway, we digress. Okay. So Started co-parenting around 2017, right? Same year as me, actually. So it's been five years for you. Yes. Now, as a mom-focused podcast and a person who works with moms, I always hear mom's side of the story. Mm -hmm. I want to know from you, what do you think gets lost the most in regards to how dad might feel when Mm -hmm. there is a split happening? Uh, I think a lot of the times... It feels like, okay, so there's a split and then the kids are with mom and then when they're with dad, he's kind of just watching them for a couple of days. Like he's not the dad anymore. He's just kind of this like, I don't want to say live in babysitter because you don't live there anymore, but he's like this like person who watches the kids every once in a while. Right. And it's, it's just this, it's a kind of a stigma. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if the internet helps perpetrate it because- I don't know. just always felt that way, even though you're the, and then sometimes the kids believe it too. Like the kids will come here and they'll like say things that are like rules of their mom's house. And I'm like, you're not at your mom's house. You're here. Mm-hmm. These are my rules. Or mm-hmm. they'll say something and they'll be like, well, mom said we can't do that. I'm like, well, I'm also your dad. Right. So I get a say in this and it's nothing like crazy. Like where it's like, mom said I can't do drugs. And I'm like, no, go do drugs. It's oh, like, good. Oh, good. I'm glad you clarified. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, it's something like, oh, I can't do this. Well, you can do that here because it's my house and you can do, I, I say you can. So, but I think that that gets, what gets lost in it is the dad is also this uh, parent still and not like the first form of, of a uh, babysitter. Right. I, I, I like that you can say that because I personally am a big believer in shared parenting. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in divorce. If it's not working, you can't stay together. But both parents should have, if if both parents are of sound mind and body and all of that and are, do not pose a physical threat to their children, 
should be able to share in those duties. But I think from the woman's perspective, what happens is like, well, you know, my kids are so young and I've just done everything for them anyway. So how is he going to be able to know what to do? And that's where I'm like, you got to give them enough rope, right? Like they rise to the occasion. They're not like, you know, brainless. And, and I think for myself, that's been the most rewarding thing of co-parenting is, is giving my daughter's father the space to grow into that role. Do you feel like it was hard for you to get your footing in the beginning, taking care of two kids? Um, You know what? The taking care of them was always the, I don't want to say easy part. It's never easy. The taking care of them, because I was a stay-at-home dad before, like taking care of the kids was always easy. What's always been hard for me is like finding things for them to do, finding things for us all to do together. I'm just not the like planner person. Right. And you have to be the plan. Like women are just better at the like, oh, I saw that there's a, a county fair this weekend. And then I saw that there's this, this, and this. And I'm just like oblivious to that stuff yeah. until someone tells me. So that's why I would always like have mom friends who are like, yo, there's this thing this weekend. You should come with the kids. I'd be like, okay. And then yeah. I go to that. So you got to like kind of get to, you got to like sign up for newsletters, like county newsletters of, of things telling you what to do. It's, it's not. I love that advice, actually. So many dads reach out to me and they're like, I follow you because I like your advice. I know it's for moms, but like, we need something for dads. What am I supposed to do? And that's really solid advice. I could say that my ex is much better at that stuff than me. Like mm-hmm. he finds anything that's happening in South Florida and he's there with Bella, which I think is really cool. But right. that's the thing is like, you have, you got to do the work. You, you have to put yourself into it a little bit. Yeah. And it doesn't all happen at once. Like you can't be like, okay, we're, we're separated now and it's just dad and I'm going to be great at planning, cooking, uh, cleaning things, do it. Like you gotta, you gotta like pick one battle, get good at that and then pick something else, get good at that. And then it's a slow progression. So you have mentioned that you have a fairly amicable relationship with Mm -hmm. your children's mother. Mm -hmm. Was it like that when you first split or did you have to kind of grow into that? Um, Yeah, we were always kind of cool from the beginning. I mean, look, we butt heads about anything that a couple who are raising kids would butt heads about. Sometimes it's even harder because a lot more of our communication is done via text or phone or in that way. So a lot of stuff can get misread, whereas you're not living in the house with the person and you see the tone that they're saying, whatever they're saying. So that part becomes a little bit harder. Also for me personally, it sometimes gets a little bit harder because I'm ADHD to the core. Mm -hmm. And if she sends me a text and I read it, and you asked me a week later to remember what she said. Like, I don't remember. <laughs> but I think that's a remember. lot of guys in general. Like, I, Maybe. how many times do I tell my husband, like, remember I told you we're going out with so-and-so tonight? He's like, no. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well. So I'm going to make a suggestion about that. Instead of saying, <laughs> remember I told you? Wait, just like, if you told him, great. If you texted him, say, remember I texted you? Because then it helps jog the memory. Oh, because because I'm thinking, like, if you were to say that to me, I would, like, try to picture where were we that Michelle was standing that she told me? Because I'm very visual. That's so good someone, advice. Yeah, so if someone said, I told you, I tried to picture them actually telling me. Yeah. And you didn't tell me. You texted me. So it's kind of like, oh, I should read back in my text and see that and you did. And this probably goes for your co-parenting relationship, too, because I know in a lot of cases, you know, you'll ask to switch a day with your ex-spouse and they say yes. And then the day comes and they don't remember. Right. I'm saying a lot of people, I'm also speaking for myself and you got to be like on April 19th, 1942, 
mm-hmm. I texted you and you said yes, and you have to have the screenshot ready to go. So that's probably really good co-parenting advice. Well, okay. So we sometimes get to that, but here's what I've tried to do. I'm not always good with it, but here's what I'll do, especially now that she's traveling a lot. She'll tell me something. I'll try to put it in my calendar immediately. We tried to do the shared calendar, but then we couldn't figure it out where I was using the same shared calendar as I was for my regular calendar. And I just didn't want her to see everything I was doing. You know what I mean? It's like, right. You just don't want her to see. Date with Susie Friday night. She doesn't need to right. know that. Well, actually, she probably knows that because I, like, I'll mention like, uh, I'm, I can't, can you do this? No, I can't because I'm going to do this. So we're pretty open about that. Like I'll talk to her about people I'm dating, but I'll only tell her the crazies. <laughs> like I'll be like, oh, you got to hear this one. And then yeah. I'll like spill the, I'll like spill the tea on that. But what I do with the planning thing is, so if a month is coming up, I'll have everything that's planned out. I'll screenshot her the calendar. I'll be like, hey, do I have everything? Did I miss a day in here? Love that. What's missing? And like, I don't always do it, but when I do do it, it helps to, you know, like, oh no, you missed it. It's It just kind of, but again, it's the remembering to do stuff like that, but I'm usually pretty good at it. That's awesome. So, okay. So you had to figure out what to do on your time with your kids. What do you think were some other challenges, like being a co-parenting dad, single dad that had some growing pains, took a while for you to get used to? This doesn't have to do with kids. This has to do with going places. Moms don't let you in your in the group. You have to like get in with one mom and then you're cool with the other moms. It's really like, I also saw this as a stay-at-home dad, but I definitely saw it as like a co-parent. Like if you go someplace and it's like a gaggle, of, let's say like you go to a birthday party, it's your weekend and it's the birthday party and all the moms are there. It's really hard unless you know one of the crew and they're like, oh, he's cool. Like it's kind <laughs> of because you're a guy kind of infiltrating the mom group. Right. And the idea, the, the assumption is that if he's an ex-husband, he must be an asshole. Exactly. Uh, what did he do wrong? He mm-hmm. screwed up the marriage. What did mm-hmm. he do? Yeah. 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 It's really hard. I wrote about this in my book, actually, you, a birthday party where you walk in and people just don't know, like, which one of you to look at or like, mm-hmm. who, who are we talking to? The husbands are asking their wives, like, who are we allowed to talk to here? Like, what are we doing? So I can totally see that being a challenge. And I saw it be a challenge for my ex as well. And it's, it's kind of shitty. Yeah. It's weird. Another one too, is the introductions when you are someplace with your ex like you kind of like want to clue in people that you're not married anymore, but you're like, cool. So this past weekend, a good example is this past weekend, once again, a birthday party. It was my daughter's birthday party at my ex's house. My daughter wanted me to to come by. So I stopped by and I got there at the end when they were like making cupcakes and like blowing them out. Like I was there for the cake, quote unquote. Well, the cake, you know, 10 minutes after that, it's when people are coming to do the pickup. So Moms are coming in now. I we move. I just moved this area, so no one knows us. They know like my ex and the kids, but they don't know me because they've never met me. Right. So when she's doing the introductions, you have to like say, "This is the kid's dad," but like he doesn't live here. But you know what I mean? Like I'm in yeah. her house, so yeah. it's like I'm the dad. Oh, we're married. This is our house. Right. And I'm like, no, like, but you're like, do they really care that much? Are they really putting that next step into it? Right. You know? Well, you know what else I found like. Uh, you probably have this happen if you have play dates at your house. They're like, the kids are like, where is the other parent? Like, what is yeah. going on here? Yeah. they get. Does super that happen? Confused. Yeah. They get super confused. And yeah. then like, or, or they'll like go, because sometimes like my, my kids will hang out with friends. Sometimes the friend will be at their house or sometimes they'll be hanging out with me. And it's like, and my, 
ex has been dating a guy for like four years. Oh. Yeah. So like kids probably don't connect the dots when they go to the house. They probably assume that my ex's boyfriend is my kid's dad. And then when they come here, they're like, well, who's this dude? Like now, now there's a new guy. How many dads do you have? So that part gets confusing. But as they get older, like my kids are older, like, you know, my son and daughter are old enough to explain to their friends who, you know, who I am, who the, who they're, they, I mean, they might as well just call him a stepdad. They live together. They bought a house together. It might, you might as well just call him a stepdad. But they, kids, kids are confused about that too, because I am remarried and I tend to do the most, most of the play dates. So Bella's friends are always coming here. And when they were like four years old, they would say, oh, your dad. And she'd be like, that's not my dad. My dad doesn't live here. And they'd be like, what? Like they were so <laughs> confused. And I would text the parents like, your child now knows about divorce. Sorry, I had to, because yeah. that's the only way for Bella to feel comfortable in her situation. She, I don't want her to feel weird. It's here. Oh my God, I can't believe it. My book is officially out in the world. Have you ordered it yet? It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and comes out the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. So order it now. What are you waiting for? So there's another man in the picture. How did that, as women, we tend to freak out when our exes start dating somebody new because it's that mama bear, you know, we don't want anyone else around the kids. Did you have any of that? I know that you guys are like more reasonable than most, but it had to feel some kind of way. You know, it's, it's been so long now that I don't, I don't, I don't think it bothered me too much. He's got kids. So I think that helped. And the, his kids are very close to my kids. Like, it's funny. My kids and his kids call each other stepbrothers and sisters. Okay. My kids won't call him a stepdad and his kids won't call their mom a stepmom. So it's okay. weird how they don't go that next level. Right. Um, I was okay. Like, him and I are okay. You know, him and I are, are friendly. We talk. We've hung out on an occasion or two. Like, you know, at functions like that like i've he's i've helped him out with stuff i've gone over there helped him move the couch things like that so we're cool in things that way um i think that probably helped from the beginning i i think what helps is i trust my ex and i don't think she's going to bring the kids around anyone who's not a piece of crap also right. it's been four years by now like by now i feel like it's Honey, for some people, it could be 400 years and they don't move past it. No, no. I mean, like, no, I mean, it's like it's been four years. I think it's pretty solid. Like, I think it's OK. Oh, oh that he's, he's like, here for good. Yeah, yeah. That he's, he's here for a, at least a long haul. Right. You know? But yeah, I, I was I was OK. I was OK with it. OK, that's great. That speaks highly of your your lack of ego, I guess. I don't know. You know, lack I, just, of a better I, I already I think because by that point. There was no, like, my ex and I, so a lot of people, so we can talk about this. We if you want to talk about this. If you want to talk about dating and the issues that being cool with your ex brings into dating. Oh. That you don't even realize. Yeah. yeah. I haven't experienced that. So I want to hear about it. Yeah. 
So uh, I can't tell you how many people have had a problem with my ex and I being cool because they and their ex are not great. And then they always feel like, oh, well, there must be something there. It's like, no, there's nothing there. Like I literally have zero feelings for her in that way. That's another preconceived notion that that is unfair. You know, just like dads are babysitting on their time. Um, It people, you know, if they're friends with their ex, there's something abnormal going on. Mm -hmm. And, and that's not fair. Like I, it is, it is definitely triggering to be in a high conflict situation and see two amicable exes for sure, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily mean anything bad. So that's annoying, but I guess you wouldn't want to be with somebody like that anyway. Right. And, the, and then the first thing, too, is they're like, oh, well, if you get along so well, why aren't you together? I mean, I get along with a lot of people. It doesn't mean I should date and marry them. Right. <laughs> I like <laughs> peanut butter, but I don't eat it every day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that always causes a problem. Actually, there's it's funny. My ex has tried to set me up with people <laughs> or told me it's, it's, it's weird. So she told me one time like she was at a party. Uh, it was her boyfriend's family party. And like. She's close with my, her boyfriend's sister and her friends were there and like, they were complaining about dating guys and stuff. And they were like, Libby, do you know any single guys? And she was like, actually, uh, my ex-husband is a pretty good. They're like, what? Like you want, you want to set her up with your ex-husband? He's like, <laughs> That's no, he's, so funny. Really, he's really cool. And she was like talking me up to them. And then I'm like, I don't need this. I don't know. <laughs> but why though? Like why? I don't do, I don't do setups. Oh, okay. You're just anti-setup and not just her setting you up. Yes. Well, because first of all, I'm like, and this might sound mean, but I'm like, look, if you think she's good for me, she's probably not good for me. Right. (laughs) Because I know how you are and I know what you think is cool or what you like. That ain't me. Like you might think you know, but you know, but, but I'm also, I'm, I'm kind of anti-setup. I'm only set up. I'm set up if we go to a party I see a person that I'm interested in. The person is also interested in me. And we don't talk at that party, but like later on, be like, yo, my friend was checking you out. Oh, I was checking her out too. In that way, I'm okay with the setup. But like the blind setup, like, oh, here, I'm going to show you four Instagram pictures and you're going to meet. Nah. Okay. I could, I can respect that. I, I probably would have felt uncomfortable with that too. Um, so speaking of dating, have you ever been in a situation long enough where you've introduced the kids? Twice. Oh, talk both about that. Not, both, both do not turn out well, as you can oh. tell. <laughs> okay. Well, you got to try to know. Honestly, I'm a big believer in introducing the kids because if you're going to fall in love with a person and put all that energy in, you got to know if they're going to accept your kids and, and treat them as respectfully as they should. Yes. People always ask me too, like when I do the question and answers on my Instagram account, they're like, how, how soon should I introduce this person to my kids? Number one, that is completely up to you. Like, I can't tell you what your life mm-hmm. is. I can't tell you how much you see the person. Like, mm-hmm. I can't tell you any of that stuff. But I feel like it's always easier if the other person already has kids. Because right. then you're like, okay, this person understands kids. They get kids. So there's not going to be any shock where they walk in. They're like, oh, crap. You know, right. Like, no, what's stand, going on here? <laughs> I stand by that 100%. I do think while you could probably have a great second marriage or relationship with someone who didn't already have kids, there is a sense of understanding and respect for the parent-child relationship and even the former spouse and their relationship with the kids that you're just not going to get from somebody who hasn't been divorced or had children. Right. Yeah. So I I would introduce them sooner. So I did have two relationships. The first one was like right out of the, the marriage 
that just didn't, I, I feel like that didn't go well because I did not give it any time. Like I, we were literally like separated and like two months later I got into mm-hmm. this relationship and I don't think I was ready. Right. And I think I thought I was ready and I wasn't. And so that didn't go very well, but we probably waited like maybe two months before we introduced the kids. Okay. And then the second one was probably about two years ago and we were together for a total of like four months. And I want to say maybe like second month, probably like, probably like two months for each. Okay. And the kids were open and. Yeah. So the first one, uh, we dated for about nine months. All the kids got along great. It was really, and it was really hard. The, the relationship was a total train wreck, but it was really hard, like breaking up the kids and uh, saying that they would never see each other. Yeah. Not never see each other again. Like they saw each other because we live in the same town. They saw each other at different functions and stuff. Right. They pretty much have never seen them again after that. The second one wasn't too hard because the, the, she had one daughter and my kids only met her on two occasions for like maybe a couple hours. So while they enjoyed hanging out with her, it wasn't like, oh, we're not going to see that person anymore. Just kind of like, oh, all right. I know that a big thing that comes up for moms when their exes meet a new woman is if there's a daughter, mm-hmm. daughters tend to feel that their relationship might be threatened because there's a, with their dad because there's a new woman in the picture. And it is very hard. You know, I, I can speak to it as a child of divorce. I could speak to it being a stepmom. I know that when I met my husband's daughter, I wanted to tread very lightly because she was so attached to him. Did your daughter ever bring up any fears like that? Like, you know, are you going to spend more time with this lady than me? Honestly, I feel like my daughter is more into me dating than my son. Oh, int- uh, that's... It's like, I think uh, I think my daughter is more into it as a dad needs someone. And I think my son is more into it as a we need more people to play with. <laughs> like, I, re- I really think that's how they look at it. We actually yeah. played a joke. <laughs> my daughter and I played a joke uh on my son a couple, probably like a month or so ago, I was going out on a first date. And um, my daughter was like, she saw my clothes hanging up. She's like, where are you going? We started talking and stuff. And she was like, Does, do they have any kids? And the woman had one daughter. And, and she was like, oh, okay. She's like, Evan's going to be upset because there's no boys to play with. Aww. You know, there's only girls. I was like, Lila, let's play a joke on Evan. Let's tell, them, let's tell him that I'm going out on a date with a woman and she has nine girls. And she was like, okay. So we get in the car and and he's like, you have a date tonight? And I was like, yeah. She's like, does she have any kids? I said, nine girls. He goes, why do you do this to me? Why oh my God. <laughs> I was like, but I was like, buddy, first of all, if I ever date a woman with nine children, like you take me out. Like yeah. <laughs> when I'm coming out of the bathroom, just punch me in the head. That in I'm itself like, would take yeah. you out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, don't ever let me do that. Number one. Number two, I would not do that to you. He's like, oh, thank God. That's funny. Well, I love that you're so open with them. I do think a sense of transparency is critical with children of divorce because otherwise they start forming their own stories in their head mm-hmm. and that's never a good place to be. So I love that you do that. You're 50%, right? Yeah, I mean, kind of, maybe 60, 40. Like I see them a lot. So I get them usually, so it's at least one day a week. Sometimes it's three, it's my weekend. But then like weeks like this where my ex is traveling, I get them five out of the seven. So maybe I guess it is 50, 50, sometimes 60, 40. It's weird to explain. Everyone's got, that's, that's one of the hard things too. Like when you start talking to people, you know, when you're divorced and you start dating, just the different schedules, <laughs> it's like, Oh, yeah. oh like, like, okay, let me wrap my head around this. So it's Tuesday, Thursday, every other Friday, one Saturday. And it's like, I don't get, 
you know, so for us, it's every Tuesday, every other weekend, occasional travel. For my ex and her boyfriend, he's got week on, week off. Wow. So that's like a whole different animal. So my kids, like, I don't want to say barely see the other kids, but like out of a 31 day month, they might see them like, I don't know, seven times. Wow. In their own house. So yeah. that's also hard too. Like when you get into dating and like the scheduling thing and, you know, like you go to date another person and you're like, when can you, all right, what are you doing like this time three months from now? Cause it's like not, this isn't going to work. Yeah. It's so hard. It's like, I, I remember in the beginning with my husband, it was like, brain surgery. We, we were very fortunate to work like in close proximity. So we just had lunch every day because it was so hard at night sometimes. That's perfect. Yeah. 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 Lunch is good when you're a second time around person. All right. So if there were one thing aside from like the whole babysitter aspect of being a, da- a single dad, there were one thing moms who are thinking of getting divorced should know about their father's relationship, their ex-husband's relationship with the kids, what would it be? Um, one thing that we were always big on, and I, you know, there's no way to check on this, but I know that I'm living up to my end of it. Don't, don't down talk the other person when they're not around. Like, you know, if the kids bring something up about the dad, just be like, oh, dad's trying his hardest or dad's like, you know, you got to help dad out or like, you know, got to show dad a little bit. You got to yeah. like, like, don't be like, oh, OK, well, your dad, your father never knew how to do this when we were married. So why would he do it now? Like, just Ugh. don't. And even if you have those bad relationships, just like bite your tongue. Just be like, I, you can't you can't go bad mouthing the person. Like there's been times when my kids have said things that I wanted to say something. And I'm just like, mm, not nah, not going to just going to be like, well, mommy doesn't do it this way. I'm like, eh, OK, well, it's different here. So, yeah, you know, so you got to like bite your tongue and stuff like that. I, I think sometimes too, if the, like, if you have a decent relationship or even if you don't have a decent relationship, like at least say to him, is there anything I could help you out with? Not help you to do, but like, if I could sit down with you for 10 minutes and show you this thing to learn how to do it better or to like, this is one thing we do. This is how we do it that might go a long way with not only just repairing the relationship, but like helping him out. And it also helps the transition for the kids because if if there's something that, you know, mom does that will will really help if dad would do it at the house, like drop your ego, put spite to the side. And like, right. I, I agree. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I love that advice. You don't have to be best friends with your ex, but you also shouldn't be a douche. Yeah. It's like, I, we always say this, that I would say my ex and I are in business together and our business is, just, is raising kids. And it's, it's almost I'm like we're business that partners. That's so good. Yeah. It's almost like we're business partners and it's like, okay, well, you gotta, you gotta do this this month and you gotta budget, you know, and you gotta like talk it out as if it's your business partner. And, you know, there's a connection there and you gotta raise these two mongrels into being something decent. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, I have no doubt that this relationship is setting them up for success and you should be very proud of that. Um, I loved having this conversation with you. I like to put you in the hot seat. Where can everybody find you if they don't already follow you and know about all your stuff? Well, I mean, you literally just have to Google Chris Luminati and everything pops up. But on Instagram, I'm at message with a bottle. And then everywhere else, I'm just Chris Luminati. And we'll obviously link the crap out of these show notes. So everybody, thank you for listening. I'm so glad you got a perspective from the other side, from just your average everyday good dad. Please don't try to set him up with anybody, but if you have ideas, send them to me and I'll I'll do the vetting. 
I do accept DM slides. Oh, <laughs> slide right in there. Okay, right. you heard it here first. Thanks everybody for being here. We'll see you soon. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process, from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists and it's called the Moms Moving On Membership Community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com and click on become a member to join our community now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong. 